Welcome to You Ought to Watch This Movie, the podcast about movies from the first decade of the 2000s, a.k.a. the aughts. Follow along and explore a movie from the aughts, getting unbridled opinions from two millennials. Sit back, relax, and enjoy one of the best decades in movies. A good decade indeed. I don't know if I'm going to start off every one of these like that, <laughs> but it just you know, sounds like a good roll over into the show yeah anyways hello hello i'm not colin and i'm not miles so welcome to the show i think you can figure out who's who well so some people might not be able to well (laughs) if you can't you probably shouldn't be watching this podcast or listening yeah listening because You can watch it on YouTube or Facebook if you search for The Colin and Miles Show. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, this episode is another movie from the year. 2000. But don't let the internet fool you because it says 1999. But... It was actually released in the United States, January 28th, 2000. Was it released earlier elsewhere? Yes. Okay. It was released at a film festival in... Here, I can tell you real quick. It was released at, well, in October of 99 at the Chicago International Film Festival, but to the general public, it was released... January 28th. Okay. Well, yeah. 2000. So I'm counting it as a 2000. Yeah. Well, I think it's appropriate because, you know, is it has all the earmarks of a 2000 movie. So, so it is called Well, if they read the title, they'll know. But for the reasons of saying what it is, it's called The Big Tease. And we should mention that it's rated R for language, although I really didn't think it was that bad. So it is in the same mirror universe that episode one's Supernova was a PG-13 as this is an R movie. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if you have kids, just maybe like screen it ahead of time or just, you know, we warned you. Yeah. It's rated R for language. And a butt. <laughs> but that's it doesn't say. The internet doesn't say. But we know. Rated R and they for need to language know. and a butt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, you know, whenever you see those uh, language ratings, yeah, it says like sometimes TV, MA, and then, you know, it has all the letters, you know, instead of nudity, they could have put a B for butt. <laughs> All right. So, do you want to give the introduction? Oh, yes. And we should also say if you haven't watched it and you would like to before we tell you about it, please pause and go watch it. The Big Tease. The Big Tease. And it's available on nowhere. You can rent it or buy it on Amazon and probably other places where you can purchase. Or if you have a friend who collects DVDs. Yeah, but we couldn't find it on, like, any streaming services. That's all right. Yeah. So, summary, Colin. My little summary. Um, This movie is a 
mockumentary following Crawford McKenzie on his journey to compete in the Platinum Scissors competition. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to your initial trailer thoughts from there? I guess. I've been talking a lot. but That's okay. Um, well, my initial impression of this is that it looks like it's in the same like class or genre of movies like Napoleon Dynamite, which a few years ago I would have like Gawked said, at no, we're not you watching know. this. I'm not going to enjoy it. Waste of time. But I thought it looked just silly enough that I would want to watch it. Oh, for a future episode. So, and also, um, Drew Carey <laughs> was in the trailer. Yeah. So I, I got excited about that, and and it's not even because I'm a Drew Carey fan. It's just because I, I I like him on The Price Is Right. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and then I was glad it was only an hour and a half, and mockumentary. <laughs> And I, the trailer didn't have like a voiceover over the whole trailer, like mm-hmm. some of them, but it still had one at the beginning. Yeah, from uh, Craig Ferguson. Right, it did. Yeah, it, okay. well, I mean, he was talking, and then it okay. was, yeah, at so least it was I, sort of I mean. a voiceover, but not in the same like as the last two we've talked about. Okay, what else? That's all. Okay. Now it's your turn. All right. <laughs> so before the show, Colin had my uh, notebook here turned upside down because I made the comment uh, like, oh, well, we shouldn't talk about it before we get on the podcast because that'll make it more fun. And I, I asked her, did you turn that down because you didn't want to see it? And she's like, yeah, because you made such a big deal about it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she remembers everything. Women remember everything. So, the trailer thoughts. I'm going to read this verbatim. I found the... um, Scratch that. Reverse it. Strike that. Reverse it. I found that purposeful laziness of the graphics to be a great decision. It compounded with the mockumentary... styled camera handling and the clear decision by the director of photography to set this up as a quote B movie makes me wonder, does the comedy match up with the a list, uh, director of photography? Because whenever the trailer was going on, it was very clear that, um, you know, like they had big money behind it. I, what was it? 20th Century Fox or uh, who I thought was it? it was Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Okay, well, one of the large studios. Notwithstanding, they had a decent amount of money, but they had the wherewithal because they were filming a quote mockumentary uh, or uh, you know this individual, the lead character. Um, uh, what was his name? The lead character? Yeah. Crawford McKenzie. Crawford McKenzie. Because Crawford McKenzie was filming this as his own documentary, and he was using, you know, some small crew having at least a cursory understanding of, you know, like filmmaking, because I, you know, 
edited and produced a documentary, I found that whenever there are certain people with certain personalities, it tends to show inside of their work. And Crawford McKenzie, right? Mm -hmm. His personality shined through that um, trailer. And so it made me think like the Crawford McKenzie character was actually in the editing room saying, oh, no, I want this. I want this. And it was just, it was clear that they put the money and the director of photography to really captivate the sense that this is, you know, Crawford McKenzie's documentary, not, uh, you know, a uh, Warner Brothers film. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the uh, trailer because it was just expertly crafted. Yeah, I liked it when he's like, he's listing off actors and he's like, none of these actors are in this movie. <laughs> none of these actors. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. <laughs> so, um, yeah. moving on to actors that we recognize, which maybe I won't list all of them because there were so many that I was like, oh, that person was familiar. There's even more that weren't in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> where where do I know this person from? So, of course, I already said Drew Carey, but he just had a cameo. And then there was this guy. He was like their driver, but his name was Iman e or something. I can't remember Eamon. what else he's in. Well, I looked it up, and the only thing that I knew him from was Just Like Heaven, which, spoiler alert, we'll be talking about <laughs> on this podcast Well, later on. Uh, just like Kevin. Oh, yes. That is a movie. He's the friend. Yeah. He's that guy's friend. Also, the person, uh, David Rash or Rosh, or I don't know how to pronounce his last Rush. name, who played Deeg, I was like, he looks familiar. And finally, uh, um, I found that he was in Impastor, um, which was a show with Michael Rosenbaum on TV Land. Um, and of course, there was um, Sarah Gilbert, who was from Roseanne and the Connors, and also was on the Big Bang Theory. She made a cameo. And then Ted McGinley, who I think we've decided we knew from Married with Children. Remember, you said he was Steve. Yeah, he was. I, I think. And that, Steve, I think yeah. that's what IMDb said as well. Oh, well, that back to uh, that Donald Log. Yes. Guy. Yes. He was in an episode in House. Yes, but I don't think I would recognize him from one episode of House. Oh, okay. But I looked at the list and I was like, oh, just like heaven. That's probably why. I remember where uh, where I, I recall him from, from um, uh, that uh, crossover of, um, oh, what, 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 uh, Gotham. Oh, okay. Yeah, as I, I at least I remember it being on and him being in there because I'm looking at his stuff now, and he just he looks so familiar, but I can't find what I know him from. You know, it was an episode of X Files, but I don't remember. He was an episode of Felicity. Never watched that. So, so why would you mention it? 
I don't know, because I'm just scrolling through here thinking, mm. but um, anyways, he is a um, a funny guy, to say the least. So, but that's all who you remember. Yep. Okay. That was actually everybody on my list, so. Well, the, um, immediately, this is Craig Ferguson in his prime. Um, Craig Ferguson, I remember him on, I think it was a Late Late Show. What was that? It or something. Well, I didn't look him up because I didn't know him. <laughs> oh. Well, I knew him. I, um, Craig Ferguson, at least uh, once we get the name of the show confirmed. Uh, so uh, show to be named momentarily. The Late Late the Show. The Late Late Show. During his later years, it, it got less funny. But I, I remember, like, at least in the early uh, time, whenever you had the... Um, uh, you had The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, you had, and then Conan follow him with The Late Night, uh, I don't remember what it was, what was, we should probably be doing our homework before. I did my homework. Well, I didn't. It's almost like us revisiting high school, hmm? <laughs> yeah, Miss Summa Cum Laude over here does all her homework, but me, not so much. So, uh, needless to say, I thought that this was, uh, I don't know if Craig Robinson was actually credited in writing it. This? Yeah. But, um. Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Late Night with Conan O'Brien, yeah. So, all of those individuals, he was on par for a while with Conan O'Brien, but then I don't know what happened to him. Well, that's just your opinion. Yeah, I, I have several opinions if you didn't know. You may not like them all, but they're there. So, should we start talking about the actual movie? Yeah. I don't know how many... I didn't write a lot of notes because I was just kind of enjoying the, the movie and I didn't have a lot of like deep commentary going on. Definitely agree. As I, I didn't write many uh, notes either because I was pretty busy enjoying it. I just realized how much Craig Ferguson looks like Hunter Biden in this photo. Which, you know, I'll, I'll put up a side-by-side -side photo for the viewers is yeah that that's just kind of weird is this uh photo right here i guess yeah anyways so um needless to say his time on the late late show was uh was uh definitely definitely memorable for me uh Oh, my next line was, the writing is phenomenal. <laughs> is uh, I have to see if he was involved in this writing because it was just such... I can't, it says here, 1999 American film. But if it came out in 2000 in America, that means it's 2000 for us. Body. What? Huh? It, it lists here on Wikipedia that it was a 1999 American comedy film. And that's because... I know, I know. And that's why that I said if it came out in 2000 in the U.S., it's a 2000 Well, plus. I mean, I guess I <clears throat> I might have gotten confused. Well, 
Uh, first, I did say it, it came to the Chicago International Film Festival in 99, but it wasn't released to the general public until 2000. So I'm counting it as 2000. And if we go back down. Well, let's jump into like the synopsis of the movie. So, or our, our comment. Yeah. So, um, what's his name? Crawford McKenzie. Crawford McKenzie. Crawford McKenzie is a hairstylist in Scotland who gets an invite to the um, Platinum Scissors competition in to, LA to compete. Yeah, or so he thinks. Yes. And so he has this big going away and everyone, then he gets to LA and he runs up this immense hotel bill. And, you know, he's like, hey, you know, they're not covering the bill, blah, blah, blah. And so he goes up to the Platinum Scissors place and, you know, starts asking questions. Well, it's the same thing that happened with Michael Scott thinking he got an invite to Ryan Howard's launch party for Dunder Mifflin 2.0. <laughs> And when Jim's in the car asking, what, what's the first few letters of the address? WWW? <laughs> but in this instance, you know, because internet was still a, you know, a toddler at that age, is it was an invite to be a guest in the audience of the show. And so then, you know, it's a whirlwind of, um, oh my God, McKenzie. Um, Crawford. Crawford McKenzie attempting to get into the show by any means necessary. And so and he the, has to get a hack card. Yeah. He has, to, <laughs> he has to be a hairstylist in LA for a day. Uh huh. And so he ends up, uh, you know, showing up to this. What was it? A. a it was like a amusement it, park. Yeah, it was but... an amusement park for, you know, uh, in 2000, it would have been an amusement park where, you know, um, individuals are dressed up as animals to, you know, uh, you know, for entertainment purposes for children, you know, unlike today where they're, you know, dressed as furries, you know, to, you know, groom children. Um, she's upset with me because I brought that into the conversation. Just stick to the movie. Okay. <laughs> so um, in that, you know, uh, ultimately he runs across this guy, Stig, who's another hairdresser. Uh -huh. And Stig is, um, you know, this, like, he's the Fabio of, you know, hairdressing in LA. Like, he's a Norwegian guy and, oh, look at me. And... He, you know, attempts to originally, you know, work in, in Stig's shop for a day for his hat card, but, you know, Stig says no. And so it's this culminating effort, you know, after he gets his hat card, because there's this guy, Senator Crockett, who I guess is some, one of the California senators who, you know, puts on the platinum scissors competition and he is the most a stereotypical macho senator guy you know he's got a cigar he's playing uh golf like next to a uh pool with girls all around and it's just you know like you know the atypical macho dude and we should mention that crawford mckenzie keeps saying that he knows um john oh. connery <laughs> 
<laughs> because he's a fellow yes. Scott. And so it culminates in him uh, calling Senator Crockett because Senator Crockett holds the key to uh, get him into the competition. But this girl, I can't remember her name in the movie, who is who's the one who told him, no, this is an invite to be a part of the audience. Yeah. No. Monique. Yeah. She doesn't really seem like vested into getting him into it until uh, he meets this other girl. Oh yes, um, and uh, Candy. Candy. She's uh, is she's a publicist. Yeah, Sean Connery's publicist. Yeah, Sean Connery's publicist. Okay, and so through um, through Candy, he gets Sean Connery's phone number, and he calls him up, and you know, basically gets hung up on. But he, you know, is that the payphone? A payphone, mind you. We still had those in two thousand. So he. Uh, <laughs> He calls up Senator Crockett and does this Sean Connery. Hello, Senator Crockett. This is Sean Connery. And and then attempts to, you know, uh, say, I want you to meet with this guy, Mackenzie. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, the senator accepts a meeting. And then the first thing he says is, I've known Sean Connery for 25 years. And that was by far the worst impression. But you got balls, kid. <laughs> and so ultimately he gets into the competition and that is where this guy Stig is like, oh no, my, uh, you know, my platinum scissors at risk. Mm -hmm. And he tries to sabotage or he sabotages Crawford and, but it works. It, I mean, it ends up okay. He, um. Yeah, he put this red dye in all the shampoos, conditioners, etc. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it ends up being okay, and he wins. Yes. Spoiler with alert. With the Scottish flower hairdo. Yes. Man, and then uh, you know, uh, uh, what was it? Oh, oh, and then you know, there's just too much like little pieces of comedy to go in each one, but um is the um, hilarity ensuing around Candy and um, what is his first name? Crawford. Crawford. Candy and Crawford McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> the hilarity that ensues around, you know, their relationship is just phenomenal. But, um, oh, and the short, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, when the short cameo when drew carey shows up to talk crawford mckenzie up because candy's the publicist and i guess drew carey owed her one yes and it, it was just absolutely hilarious yeah but what really irritated me is that monique was like i knew you'd get in it's like girl no you didn't you were sitting there saying uh-uh mm -mm, sorry i'm the gatekeeper go away bye now yeah um I'm trying on my notes. I had put that I liked the scene where he's going crazy in the hotel, the in the nice hotel when he thinks that the competition is going to be paying for it in the Ca California Dreamin' song and and how oh, he's yeah. just going, you know, crazy. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, what was the uh, hotel guy's name? Uh, he played the, 
Oh my goodness. You mean his real name in real life? Yeah. The the manager? Yeah, the manager who took... Larry Miller. That's his real name. Larry Miller. So Larry Miller, if you know who he is, um, he also played in... um, uh, the Nanny Professor as uh, the Dean. And, uh, you know, he is absolutely hilarious. Um, but uh, what else was he in? He was in Valentine's Day as the baggage attendant. Oh. Because that's, the, he looked familiar to me, but that's the only thing on there that, on his filmography that, you know, looked, that I knew. So I was confused as to why he looked familiar yeah but Valentine's day and then uh anyways funny 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 guy he's also the doorman on seinfeld oh see that and uh looks like uh <laughs> third rock from the sun of course and uh yeah but he, he's a funny guy uh needless to say yeah so they won, and he got his platinum scissors and returned to Scotland. And then they released this documentary. and <laughs> I guess, yeah. And But it's like, okay. One thing I, I, I would challenge anyone listening to do if they're going to watch this, okay, or, you know, if they don't care about spoilers and listening to it and they still haven't watched it, is go into the trailer feeling like you already know who... Crawford, Crawford McKenzie is and that he won this competition and that this is the journey that led to it. I think it will add a level of hilarity to it that, you know, this definitely deserves. Oh, the Bond Z series BMW that um, uh, what's her face? Candy. Candy trophy. Um, I feel like we're giving a lot of play-by-play, and we should have just been talking about our comments on oh. the movie. But well, what else you got? Um, I wrote, "I'm not hating this." Partway through, and <laughs> um, I think that it's because it reminds me of The Office, which you know I used to hate, but now I enjoy. You're welcome. It's it's not because of you. It's because it was on TV, like, all the time. And I saw it on TV too many times. It's not because of you. Who do you think kept it on? I'd have it on. It's not like you had some long, long game, like... Maybe I did. Um, No. You don't plan ahead like that. Maybe not. Okay, and also, um, I actually like cared what happened to Crawford. And also, if we watch this again, I feel like this is one of those movies that you can get quotes from. Yeah. You know, like The Pink Panther is an example, or Napoleon Dynamite is an example, because <laughs> those movies have like, you know, quotes that you can get out of them. So. Um, anyway, yeah, I enjoyed it. If it's not like, you know, it's, if you need a good laugh, I would say. Uh, What's up? What's our grade for it though? I ended up giving it, oh, I, 
I think I'm going to give it a 79. Okay. I would, I'll, I'll, I'll be a little more generous and give it an 81. That's only slightly more. Yeah. But is the comedy was gold in it? I know. And I had a higher score, but then I thought I wasn't sure. It's like with me and Supernova's first, I gave it a higher score. But then I realized, oh, wait, I've got to retain the higher score for, you know, actual like profound movies. But one thing I will say uh, that, you know, made me, you know, like, uh, snicker to say the least was the question I asked myself is what news station covers hairdressing competitions? Yeah. <laughs> like they made this big to do about we're here reporting live from. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would, I would probably uh, place a wager that E news doesn't even cover these things live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Next time, we are going to be, uh, well, we don't have a movie yet, but we will. Well, I mean, I have a list of potential movies. We just, you know, have to decide if we're watching them. If there's a movie you would like to, uh, for us to watch is please leave a comment below or let us know by visiting Facebook or commenting on YouTube. Other than that, I think this will wrap up our show for today. This was The Big Tease with Crawford McKenzie, played by Craig Ferguson. I got his name that time. <laughs> nice. Good job. Anyways, for now, I'm not Colin. And I'm not Miles. See you later. Thanks for listening to You Ought to Watch This Movie, a podcast about movies from the first decade of the 2000s, a.k.a. the aughts. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes covering movies you ought to watch. We'll see you next time.